Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and we've got a very special episode for you here today with a guest that you've not yet heard on this podcast before. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Paris Saint-Germain's 4-2 win over Strasbourg, the unveiling of PSG's five new summer transfers at the Parc des Princes, and then a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that's the media's coverage of PSG, especially since the arrival of Lionel Messi. Now, just a friendly reminder, I do want you to go ahead and join the PSG Talk Discord channel if you want to chat with other fans from all around the world. We've got some great channels on there if you want to talk about League on or Champions League or transfers, or if you want to talk about PSG fashion, the kits, the shoes, and all that good stuff. Come on over, join the PSG Talk Discord. I've tweeted out the link a few times if you want to join, and I'll continue to do so. So uh, make sure you go ahead and follow me at PSG Talk so you don't miss that. Right then. Here to help me break down all of the topics that Paris Saint-Germain supporters are talking about right now, I'm pleased to be welcomed by Miko Kapanen. He is a member of PSG fan club Helsinki in Finland, and you can read his tweets uh, by following at PSG Helsinki. Miko, welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and start by introducing yourself, and if you wouldn't mind, just maybe sharing how you became a PSG supporter. Yeah, thank, thanks very much, Ed, for having me. It's mm -hmm. really, really great to be here. I've been following PSG Talk, of course, for many many years and 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 the podcast and the website and all that so it's really great to be here uh yes i'm 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 coordinating the the phd fan club helsinki we have members from you know other parts of finland as well but it's just sort of like the name ended up being uh, phd fan club helsinki uh, as i'm here in the capital and this is where we sort of like get together usually watch together like those uh champions league mats and things like that we're not quite as necessarily as hardcore as some of the other uh fan clubs like in new york and when wherever else you have but um but but you know we're, we're building something and getting there absolutely and, and share just a little bit how you became a psg supporter Oh wow! Um, this is this is always a question that is being asked, and and I, I find it very difficult to answer. I guess I could always say that well, you know, Paris. That's you know what's not to love. It's it's an amazing city, and 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 you sort of when you go there, uh, it kind of like wins you over and and takes your heart. Um, and and I guess uh, at the time that was happening, I also had a uh, the whole the size of a football club in my in my life so so it kind of like just happened like that and i, and I started uh started um following psg and and being a kind of deep end uh, diver that i am then you know i got i got into it like you know with both feet but but um but yeah it's it's one of those things that do you choose the club or does the club choose you i don't know how metaphysical we want to go but <laughs> but somehow some way or another here i am now Let's talk about that 4-2. Uh, PSG win over Strasbourg at the Parc des Princes. Um, the first half went about as well as it could have. It was 3-0 at halftime. You had goals from Mero Cardi, Mbappe, and even Draxler got on the score sheet. Uh, however, Strasbourg responded in the second half with two quick goals in the 53rd and the 64th minute. Strasbourg uh, eventually went down to 10 men, which gave PSG just enough to get that fourth goal via Pablo Sarabia. 
uh, to seal the victory in a three points. So what stood out to you in this one the most? What did you like and what didn't you like from what you saw? These early matches are always difficult because we're so, um, we have so many different uh, international players from very many different countries. So in a summer like what we've just had with the Euros and Copa America and, and, and everything else happening, uh, basically, you know, most of our players are in, in one uh, national team or another, whereas in Ligue 1, for instance, many other clubs, they don't necessarily have that uh, to the same extent. Certainly, I mean, they have, you know, players here and there, but not not quite as many. Uh, we are kind of lacking, like we could, we are lacking, you know, probably like 11 very, very good players that that, that we could have completely different uh, different uh, starting 11. Um, not that we necessarily would, but I mean, that's how many players we, we really are, are, are missing and we have been missing uh, and we're still waiting for them to come. So this uh, this year has certainly been better than last year when we when we started with two defeats um, and, and, and so that's something, you know, to take take home and... and um, it's very, it's very tentative. It's still like you know the 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 club is still like or the team is still looking for its sort of identity a little bit like what's going to happen. There's a lot of excitement. I was thinking about it before the match. Is that you're kind of like you know you're you're just thinking about like Ramos and Messi and Neymar and Donnarumma, and then what you get is like uh, Carer and, and Drexler and and. <laughs> Yeah, and and not to take even anything away from those people, I don't want to be you know uh, nasty about them, but but it's it's not quite the same caliber that that you you sort of like you've been you've been spending the whole week talking about these uh, football players, and then it's a completely different group of people that come come uh, come and walk to the the park. But uh, but but I I think I think I think that it was I think there's something positive to say about there. I think that we're still. It's very difficult to say about the defense because uh, last year I think we had like significant problems with the defense, um, and I think that we lost the title encounters. Um, we lost, we dropped those points against you know your Lorient, Nantes, you know things like that. Matches that you we should have like clearly taken the three points from, uh, but clearly we didn't because we, because that that didn't happen so so i mean i'm not taking anything away from those 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 clubs and their their efforts last season but um but i think it was counters and then kind of like you could argue that the that that the city as well i mean we were outplayed quite a big chunks of them those two matches but at the same time counter attacks were the things that sort of finished us in in many ways there also uh so we haven't been very good with that and, and now of course we don't have marquinhos yet but um, and and or Ramos, uh, so it's very difficult to say. But I think that we've conceded three goals this uh, season so far. Well, that I know. But I think all of them have been crosses that have come into our box where we have lost the header. I think every goal that we have conceded ha- has been a header. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yesterday, certainly two, and I think. And it was from a corner again um, in, the, in the first match uh, as well. I think it's so. So, so essentially, the early signs are that that with the players that we we have in use at the moment, this problem hasn't really gone anywhere. So it's a little bit of a challenge, but I really um, hope that uh, that there's going to be a way to solidify that defense. And uh, and and then I feel also like if if. I, I'm very, I'm very um, keen to see Marquinhos as number six, uh, like at, like Thomas Tuchel intended. <laughs> I think I think that was a pretty good idea, and 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 I think that 
he has a lot to give a little bit higher up on the pitch as well but also he could he could you know maybe uh be able to stop those counters a little bit earlier on or at least make them a little bit more difficult uh, because the the final stretch has been just very difficult for our defenders so far. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Marquinhos move up a little bit more into that defensive midfield role. Uh, however, if that were to happen, you, you probably need to see a little bit more out of Presnel Kimpembe, who mm. I, I don't know what has been going on with him. I would say it's been at least a, a year now, and that he has just not looked like his normal self. And you would think at this stage in his career that he would really be starting to hit his stride. Uh, but it's just not there. He made a couple of errors yesterday against Strasbourg. Um, and so do you think that maybe a back three really depends on whether or not Kempembe can find that form again? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's certainly something that with, with this kind of players that we have, if we have them uh, healthy and fit, we, we should definitely try that. I, I hope to, to <laughs> I hope to see attempt uh, of that at least. Uh, and and like I really I I really rate. Also, I have to say, I mean, I, I now that you asked me about the match, I kind of realized that I was just focusing on the negatives maybe more. But <laughs> um, but I I think Diallo is Diallo is a very solid player. He's not a he's no he's not a flashy player. I which I think is great that we also have like very solid good defenders who are not flashy who is not like you know um it doesn't have to be uh, you know the center of attention and 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 life of every party um but it's it's good it's good to have him he's a very sort of like a, a safe pair of hands or 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 so we say feet and 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 the cross that he gave uh for the first mm. goal was yes. phenomenal yesterday so while he's a very solid defensive player He's actually he's actually one of our best, uh, you know. Well, I think last season, last from our last season's uh, uh, sort of wing backs, he was certainly like one of the ones who could actually like provide some threat to the, uh, to the from from with his crosses. So, so so he's some he's some he's somebody who's also interesting. So we do have like some decent uh, defensive players also, and I think that the, I think that the back three is certainly something that I hope to see. You know, however it's going to work, then but we, we can't know that before it. But but it's it's a it's very. It's certainly something that we could try now. Definitely. And and you talk about Diallo a little bit there. And there was a play, and I know Strasbourg, they were, I think they were just barely offside, but there was a play where they were clean through. They had two attackers uh, rushing towards Keeler Navas, and, and it was Diallo who was the one sprinting back and was actually able to break up that play. Again, it was offside, so it didn't really matter. But it's that effort that I think that we need out of a defender. And uh, we have... Again, some maybe more flashier Ramos Marquinhos. They're kind of more spectacular type of defenders, but we need someone who's going to get in there, do the dirty work, track back, sprint, stop, you know, counterattacks. And I think that I think that Diallo could be that player. I, I think he's definitely one that we're going to hold on to. I know Leonardo and Nasser are looking to maybe offload some players, but I think Diallo, especially with the uncertainty around uh, Juan Bernat, I don't think he's a player you can let go at this point unless a, a crazy offer came in form then sure but i think diallo is really going to be the the linchpin of this defensive back line because there's really no weak spot i mean we even have two world-class goalkeepers but left back is is that mm. one position in the entire squad that i'm concerned about and hopefully diallo can solve a lot of our problems there i really think so and i i, I don't mind seeing him playing there uh, i mean we're gonna have to see of course what happens to bernard but we have so offensive-minded um uh, team at the moment we have so many players who are who like to go forward uh 
not all of them are excellent at tracking back and, and providing that help to, to our midfield, let alone to our defense. Although I think they've become much better at it. I think that, for instance, like you have to say that Neymar, um, Di Maria, uh, and occasionally even Kylian Pape, they, they have, they, they, I think when that whole fantastic four concept came about, I think they really enjoyed playing the four of them up there. But I think that then it was explained to them and they also probably understood themselves that, look, we can't have you four just there. Like we can't put like four players who are just not going to do anything, you know, outside of the the sort of like the the, the, the box or or, or that side of the pitch. So I think think that they probably like, and 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 they've been improving a lot in that. Uh, not not that they're necessarily you know amazing in that yet, but I think that there's something. But it's good to have somebody like Dian who's 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 able to provide that assistance and 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 also of course he's a, he's a very versatile and and like you were saying, unless a crazy offer comes, I don't think he's a player to whom there will be a crazy offer. It's just like he's almost like our our little secret in a way that he's a great great player, mm. but um. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a when you have a, a car that the, the resale value is, is is not great. So if you sell, you don't really get much out of that. But you benefit a lot from that if you if you need to go go, go here or there. So so is that kind of character, I would say. Absolutely, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but in that second half, let's keep on this negative train of thought here. Um, the PSG did allow two goals right after halftime, and it seems to be something that happens quite often with this PSG side. Doesn't matter what season it is, what what manager. I mean, but speaking of the manager, Pochettino, is this? Do you put the blame on him? Is it the mentality of the players just maybe falling back and not staying focused? But it keeps happening. So who do you blame at this point? I don't know. I I really don't know. It's a mystery to me. Like it's a it's a very much a mystery to me. And I think that like there's there's there's, there's sort of this inevitable like I I I by the way like sort of so that I position myself in in our recent history. I wasn't I wasn't to in that this to hell out. I wasn't like I wasn't like trying to drive him out of our club. I I'm I was sort of like. Um, I, I I knew that he was a good uh, he's a good uh, coach, but at the same time, I think that things just became impossible. Also, that when he when it was time time for him to go, it probably was time for him to go. Not because he stopped being a good uh, football mind, as he has you know since proved obviously in a very big stage, but. Um, but it just didn't. It didn't work. Whether it didn't, whether it didn't work, whether it was Leonardo's fault, whether it was somebody else's fault, or whatever. But I think that it, it just sort of like uh, ran out of steam that whole whole thing. So now the question is that he do is 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 would to hell do better than than um, than uh, than uh, Pochettino. In in certain respects, I'm sure. I think that he, he tactically minded coach is perhaps in that regard he's a little bit you know he's better and 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 that but at the same time uh i think this is going to also be a year of 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 man management and and it's going to be very difficult to know when it comes to kimbembe we've talked about kimbembe before he's a very sort of like complicated character because we know that i mean he's just uh been the starting uh, center back for the defending world champion in the euros 
granted they were very underwhelming Euros for 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 the French uh, national team, but but I mean he was still there. It's not like they don't have a lot of centre backs. They have like quite <laughs> they probably have some of the best centre backs in a, in a in a world. You know maybe Brazil is in a country that can sort of compete with that, but they really have great ones. And 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 he was he was there. So clearly he is not without any merit. He's 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 got a lot to a lot to give and offer. But of course. Um, with him, I don't know whether because sometimes, like we remember that that year when he pocketed Messi in in the Champions League yes. knockout in the first first match. We don't talk about the second match. We talk about the <laughs> the, the, the first first match. By the way, this is a, sorry. This is I'm taking a little bit of a sidebar here. That's okay. The Ayetkin, the Ayetkin, the, the the referee from that match. He was just here in town, um, uh, refereeing like uh, Conference League, um, like Europe, Europe whatever the European Conference League qualifying round match against local Helsinki team and team from some former Soviet country I'm pardon me for for remember I don't follow that but but it's one of our one of our members from our fan club just noticed that he's he's here so now we know that he's he's sort of like he he kind of like dropped a, a few few possession on his on the on the referee ranking as well, but we don't talk about the second match, like I said. But in the first match, Kim Dembe did amazingly well. Uh, you know, against the, the the most complicated opponent probably that he could have. So so he, he he knows what to do. And 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 I was saying sort of yesterday, I was tweeting that um, against Lille on in last December when he did that amazing tackle that he had sort of like. Uh, was pulled a hamstring or, or anyway injured he injured himself and still kind of like managed to stop sort of like three like the counter with the three little players like some of the, the the best scorers and 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 really like sort of lethal stuff and he and 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 then uh, he injured himself and after that we haven't seen anything sort of close to that so it's very difficult to know last year was also last last season was very weird it was just this yeah. never-ending season, and uh, and they didn't have sort of break, and 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 things happened, and there was this constant threat of COVID, which there still is, of course. But but it there was it was it was sort of like people were not used to that. The players, I don't think, the same degree. There was there was no audience, there was no there was no people in the stadiums and all that. So I think it must have been quite um, uh, difficult. Uh, emotionally, psychologically, for the players as well. Certainly not an easy one, but I, I, but I, I think I think that Kim Pembe, on a good day, is really amazing. And he was, you know, he was really amazing when he was playing next to Diego Silva. So I was very bitter when point. we let Diego Silva go, uh, but I also understand that he was on a high salary and all that stuff. But I think that. Especially now that we have signed an, an, an aging world class centre back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we could have also kept our original <laughs> captain. But 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 nevertheless, you know, it's all good. We're here now. Would you rather have Thiago Silva or Sergio Ramos at this point right now? My heart says Thiago Silva, but I'm not okay. sure. I don't know. I think well, I, I think I have to see because to be honest with you, um, I don't really watch. Um, La Liga that actively, okay. so I have yeah. to say that I I I I can't claim to to have seen what he does. On some, you, you know, we kind of see kind of see the lights on. You know, when they're in Champions League finals, that's also a few couples of years ago when there's knockout matches and what have you, uh, or when he plays for 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 Spain. But but then there's also like this 
what do you do when you like the English English say that the, what is the cold midweek evening in Stoke? Uh, so they, every league has got that match, like or, or mm-hmm. actually quite a lot of those matches, you know, including the Premier League, of course. So um, so I I don't really know. I, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, but I but I'm. There were some questions to be asked about Diego Silva's mentality if he was sort of like you know well we all know these questions, but uh, but I did like him uh, and and um, and I think he went to show that you know is 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 just fine, and and I and I think that when when um, when we got to that final the Champions League final I think he was also really really very solid uh, then, I mean it was less than a year ago. It, it it was actually that that's the mad thing about it. It was less than one year ago that we were it playing. It feels like, so long uh, ago, doesn't it? It, it yeah, it's, it's a uh, never ending season uh-huh. with uh, that the pandemic going on. Um, you mentioned you don't yeah. really watch La Liga or pay attention too much, but maybe in a year we may be paying attention to it because Kylian Mbappe could be going to Real Madrid, and and that whole rumor is what at the beginning of the match yesterday against Strasbourg had some of the ultras. We don't want to, you know, say everyone, but there mm. were some whistles and booing and jeering and that sort of thing uh, to- directed towards Mbappe when he, his number was announced and as a starter, what did you make of the booing and the jeering from some of the ultras towards Kylian Mbappe regarding his current contract situation? I, I think that um, to me, we have first of all we have benefited a great deal of course from free transfers i don't want i think it's catastrophic if he goes for free but at the same time this i think is the direction that football is going especially with these top players because um when when we talk about the transfer fees that the football players themselves they don't benefit from them they though that's sort of like business to business transaction and 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 that that's that's between the these major major clubs uh, that are paying them to each other's back and forth um so I, I i think i think what the criticism may be deep down um from Papa is that he uh, he's um i think he has maybe has dealt quite poorly with this matter he hasn't sort of like he could have been a little bit clear or he's just sort of like left it hanging and and he knows that of course it's going to be a huge huge consideration and concern um also, one of the things is that because he, what he did is that he, he kind of like maybe it was a communication mistake from his part. Maybe maybe he didn't believe that uh, Nasser and Leonardo are gonna do this amazing uh, transfer window this summer. But for him to say that, you know, uh, like like I'm waiting to see who they're gonna sign, and that like my 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 extension you know depends on that it relies on that well now of course it will be very difficult for him to say that no i don't think this is good enough i mean um maybe he should have just said that i haven't i don't know i haven't decided yet but it also has to be remembered that people are very eager to know what's going to happen these are very emotional matters so a lot of people are are going to project all the uh the heartache they have uh, for this world uh, to what Kylian Mbappe is going to do, so he's got, he's got a you know heavy burden to carry on his shoulders. Um, if if he if he were to be sold now, if the money was like a proper like a like a proper good money, then I you know it would it would have to be it. But I also there's part of me that thinks that when if things start working out very well with Neymar and with Messi and with all these other players, he might also change his mind. He might also just wait until January uh to maybe get a bigger signing bonus because then he's already free to to sign to, to negotiate with other clubs 
there's a lot of different things. But at the moment, Real Madrid doesn't seem to me like a club that you would, that would not be an upgrade. I mean, it would be an up, you know, it's got more history, it's got more this and that, whatever they, the stadium, blah blah blah. But I mean, it's 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 um, yeah, you can't look at the team. It's a team of aging players. Granted, we have also bought even some of those their aging players at, at least one, but and 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 some from other teams. It, 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 we'll we'll see. It's very it's a it's a head scratcher, and I don't know, but I don't really hold it too much against him. I think that he's really communicated it very badly, but I don't know if it's his job to communicate it well. We'll just have to wait, basically. But we're living in this environment, and later on we'll be talking about the media. But it just needs to be updated and updated and what's happening and what today's situation is, and then we have this Spanish tabloid, you know terrible <laughs> excuses for newspapers they are writing you know and there's no accountability anyway so they, you can say anything you can say anything you can say that oh there's this deal. if it happens to be right you are like you you know declare yourself as like some kind of a second coming i knew this thing i, I had the and, and then if it's wrong who cares there's no accountability so people just say stuff and get their clicks and get their likes and get their traction Definitely. And and for me, like if I was at the park, I don't know if I would have booed Mbappe. I don't know if I would also have been clapping for him or celebrating. I, I kind of a little indifferent and kind of what you were saying. I understand why he may be waiting right now. The spotlight is all on Messi and he's just arrived and maybe Mbappe wants to see how this thing plays out. It could go really, really well or it could blow up spectacularly. That's sort of like we're all waiting to see how this plays out. And so I'm sure Mbappe is wanting to do the same. And I think that at the end of the season, if PSG have won the Champions League and he wants to go to Real Madrid, I don't think any supporter would begrudge him. He's delivered the Champions League trophy to us. He's at the end of his contract. He wants to go to the club of his boyhood dreams, you know, I, I won't be upset with that. Um, you know, if this goes really, really bad and goes south, um, then again, I don't know if I would begrudge him for wanting to leave either. If it's just a hot mess and every day is drama in the locker room, I, I, I can't imagine any fan would be upset if he wants out. So it's going to be interesting to see what Mbappe does, how the fans treat him. But if he can get a goal and two assists every game, then... I, I think we have we stand a really good chance to win the Champions League and, and the fans will get behind him. But it, the relationship between Mbappe and the Ultras has always been an interesting one. He doesn't really have a song. You know, there just hasn't really been that warmth between the two. Like what maybe you saw between the Ultras and Edison Cavani. You, you don't see that level of love between player mm. and supporter that you see with Mbappe and the Ultras. Would you agree with that? I think so. I feel like Mbappe is... A, is I mean, all of these people are like incredibly competitive. That's that. I mean, you don't. I don't. I don't think that you can get to this level without being very competitive uh, by by your very nature, because you 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 really com- you've been in a constant competition for your whole entire life to get to that point to be that player from that you know academy that has gotten to that place and that and it's like a, from level to another another so everybody who uh, ends up playing on these levels they 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 must be very competitive but i think also Mbappe sometimes he almost comes across i mean this is now kind of like a pop psychology but he comes across a little bit like combative like he's almost like ready for this kind of like uh, 
confrontation in 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 a sense that 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 yes. when 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 he's being criticized then he almost goes and like challenges them and say like so so what like what are, what do you what do you want to say what do you want to say now that kind of thing their own fans and that so i think that it may, maybe that's a kind of like a driving force behind you know his his persona and and and, and I, i i i would certainly maybe look at it like that i would not have i would not have whistled obviously at at him but i also think that maybe it was a message for him to say that look what's happening here people are not uh very happy with that people are expecting something from you and just know that you know it's not it's not a question whether we love you or not but it's just you need to like you need to decide well of course he's going to decide when he's ready to decide you know whistling or, or whatever is going to make him decide he's not going to i don't think he's going to decide for or against the extension because some some fans are whistling i think they know the deal he saw what happened to neymar a couple of years ago uh when when by the way um That's right, also yeah. he's when when neymar scored a, a amazing goal on park against strasburg from mm-hmm. A cross by Abdou Diallo. I would like to remind it was a bicycle <laughs> kick by Neymar, but the cross was by Abdou Diallo. So, so let's let's this is you know let's give him props. <laughs> he's been there giving the the crosses when he's been giving the opportunity. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I think he's seen. I think Papa has seen this before, and and I think he kind of knows. He just knows that now it's his time. He can see that. Okay. Well, you know, he's on the same level as Neymar. You know, who who had his who had his sort of like difficult moments a few years ago now. Although I will say, if Mbappe is serious about winning major titles, the Champions League, primarily potentially Ballon d'Or, why would you leave this PSG side right now? The PSG is the has the most stars, the best players of any team. I watched uh, Manchester City today, and I know they're just getting back it's the first game of the of the season, but they didn't look great against Tottenham without Harry Kane. Um, I, I've been I have to go look at the scores around Europe, but just that's just one game that caught my eye, but. PSG absolutely have a great chance to win the title this season, and and Mbappe could play a big role in that. And so hopefully he sticks around, but we'll have to see. No one really knows what it is he's looking for. Um, we're coming up on the the end of the first part of this show, um, but I just wanted to ask you general thoughts about the presentation of the new signings. You had Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, uh, Ramos, Hakimi, and Messi all came out, all said a couple words. Um, and the fans just loved it. One thing that just jumped out to me, I tweeted out a few times, is that you just looked at the um, the look on Messi's face when he came out and he heard the ultras. And maybe it was the way the stadium, maybe the acoustics are a little bit different than the camp now, but he just came out and he was just like like a little kid. You know, he was like, wow, this is incredible. Did you kind of get that feeling and, and any other takes from the presentation before the match? Well, I think one of the things that we have to say that we were just talking about the ultras and, and and things like that we always like they always make us look good around Europe. They they always represent, and and at every stadium, you know, they go, they they do something quite special there, whether it's in Liverpool or Manchester or or, or wherever. Like this is this is something that they're very good at. And I do think another sort of like small tiny sidebar is there that. Nasser was talking about the need to um, need for a bigger stadium, and that is a that's a, also like very emotional thing because of course Parc de France is like you know it's it's it is it's like this great historical it's like it's yeah. the heart it's and iconic. soul. It's yeah. iconic and exactly that that's exactly the right word and 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 now if they can make it can they make it bigger I don't know how if that's going to work or will would they have to build a new one but i i would really like to hope that if they would end up whatever they end up doing that they would not lose that uh thing about park that 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 goes quite it's quite steep 
it doesn't like open it's, it's almost like being in a in a in a, in a some, some kind of a uh, a bowl in it's it's really it's it's really a special special place and 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 um and i hope that whatever they're going to do with the stadium i hope that they're not going to lose that that they're going to consider that this is part of of paris experience phd experience um i was uh, on another i i was doing some work stuff uh during the before the match so i was i was on a on a on a zoom call and then i had my phone <laughs> next to me like next to me i was watching the the presentation without the volume on uh, and it was really uh, it it looked so it looked special and after that uh, you know uh, i have i watched it several times the whole whole thing from uh from internet uh from social media from you get a whole different uh, feel when you sort of like have these people who have recorded it maybe some instagram somewhere uh from the stadium because you can hear you can hear that the mix is different with the with the this phone recordings you can hear the intensity of it whereas uh whereas in the tv because it, the way that the microphones are it it kind of like it's more like a distant almost like this atmosphere but when 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 you have the people who are there in the audience even if they're not next to the ultras but you you really like hear it quite clearly so it was very impressive and 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 i I'd like to hope that it's something special also for these people because they played for big clubs. We have to remember that we have people like Vinaldo comes from Liverpool and people will never stop going on about the the whole Anfield, you know, <laughs> you know, it's the whole thing where they sing one song and, and okay, let me not, let me not. It's not even, it's not even their anybody. song. Don't and, they sing that at Celtic, right? Where did it originate? I don't, the, don't young, they sing yeah. that also in, yeah, they, 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 it's like it's in a few different places. But anyway, Wijnaldum comes from a traditionally big club. Then we've got, of course, Ramos and Messi. They come from like these huge, you know, clubs. And 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 Hakimi. There's not a huge club that he hasn't played for. Like he's 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 collected them all. He's like what 22, and he's played for <laughs> for for Real Madrid and 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 uh, Inter Dortmund. and Dortmund and now PSG. So so it's uh, it's like. Um, He's almost like this Kingsley Coman kind of character who is who is just who is just going from from one big club to another. Um, so so I would like to think that they, it was special for them. That's certainly what they say, and I let, let me not doubt their integrity. I'm sure they they were telling the truth. So I, it, it looks really special, and I think that and I and I and I know that it is. I know that it is special. Like you know, uh, a couple of years ago when when the, when PhD won the last full season. Um, there was, uh, yeah, that that one. So, uh, so it was ni- nineteen. Um, I I went there with my family. Went to the park for the um, the last home match. So it was like they, you know, they have the fireworks and and like everything, like a big party and all that. Absolutely amazing. And 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 it like that. That's when they were giving the the trophy and and all that stuff. And and it's really like this is the stuff that you know you'll never forget it's, it's just amazing so it's really a special place and and um and 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 i and i really hope that they will never lose that definitely i was i already shared my thoughts on the messy uh when he came out and just the reaction i will say just about the presentation in general i'm curious on your thoughts on this and then we can jump into the second part of the show but i thought that they had we are paris in english and they had you know kickoff it was in english and he had you know 
Robbie, the one presenter, he was speaking English and Ombre was speaking French. And I just thought the, the changing of the different languages was a little bit jarring. I would have almost preferred all in English or all in French with like English subtitles, if that was possible. But I don't know. It was hard to like follow um, as I'm over here, like tweeting and working on articles and then listening because I don't speak French. And just the back and forth was a little bit difficult to follow. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think that I think that's what Robbie and Ambra have been doing. I I'm, I'm quite okay with that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm working okay. on my French. I I don't. Yeah, I'm okay. not a French speaker, but I I study. I, I study it. So I'm I'm kind of like happy to hear. But but it is very interesting when you were saying about like they had the that the, the church went English. Mm-hmm. I think it's very noteworthy that um, when Messi came um, to Paris and they had the press conference and Nasser said the first thing he said that I'm gonna be, we have a lot of like international people or non uh, french speaking people so i'm going to speak uh english uh and 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 he doesn't speak english that that often i mean i, I yeah. think we know that he can can speak that mm-hmm. and, and and from what i hear from the french speakers he's not that excellent in french you know either <laughs> but i think it was interesting because like messi spanish speaking per he comes from a very spanish speaking football mm-hmm. culture uh, and 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 he's Spanish speaker. I, uh, I think he said that he understands English, but doesn't speak a bit like the Maria's French uh, and 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 uh, and and so on and so forth. I did. I thought it was a very interesting uh, detail that NASA decided that he's going to speak in English. I think this is a message that he's sending. I think everything to me, everything is a PR game or a power game, and I think it might have been both. Absolutely. And I was reading before the presentation and maybe it was even Messi's press conference. A lot of people that were commenting on YouTube or wherever the broadcast was were were like, is this going to be in English or in French? So you have a lot of people who are Messi fans and just football fans in general who don't speak French. Maybe Okay, maybe they speak Spanish, but if they have a second language, it's probably going to be English. So it's going to be interesting to see throughout the season that transition to maybe more marketing, more communications being in English because they know, I mean, look how many Twitter followers they uh, gained, the the PSG account. So do they start directing people to their English language uh, Twitter account? You know, mm. it's going to be, you know, the language barrier is going to be interesting how they handle that. Um, okay, Miko, let's take a pause right here. And then when we come back, we're going to get into a topic we both love, and that is the media and how they've covered PSG since Messi's arrival. All right, welcome back to the second part of PSG Talking. We're here with uh, Miko Kapanen uh, of PSG Fan Club Helsinki in Finland. And um, you reached out to me because you've been noticing a lot about how the media is covering PSG, especially since Messi's arrival. And I just wanted to call out a a few that I've noticed, and then I'm just going to hand it over to you and you just... You get into it. So I saw on TalkSport, again, you know, in England, you had idiots like Jason Cundy saying, Messi to PSG is boring, that no one's going to want to see him and no one's going to watch Ligue 1. You had uh, Miguel Delaney of The Independent called PSG a sports washing project. That was very popular phrase. Um, he also went on to say there's absolutely nothing incredible about PSG signing Messi or their transfer window. You had Tariq Pena of the New York Times, and he just pretty much won't stop writing about uh, PSG. Uh, Again, he called the club the best sports washing project ever. Rory Smith um, of the New York Times, he penned a piece called, In Lionel Messi's Move, A Dim Portrait of Modern Soccer. And then uh, lastly, a piece in The Guardian by Jonathan Wilson uh, was headlined, PSG signing of Lionel Messi shows celebrity is trumping competition. 
So as you bring Miko in there, those are the few that I've seen on Twitter and I've tried to respond to them. I think Michael Cox um, attacked this guy who writes for The Athletic, I believe. He's gone in on this as well. So there's no shortage of examples. It's tiresome. It's the same nonsense we've always heard. But go a little bit deeper into that. What are you noticing? Yeah, and this is not a new phenomenon, of course. I mean, this has been happening for a long time. And I think especially like since uh, I would say since Neymar, I think that's lot and they could still sort of forgive us for. But <clears throat> I don't think that the media has ever really forgiven Neymar. Neymar was quite liked. Uh, personality in football uh, before he came to I mean the whole MSN situation that they had he was he was popular he was a popular character but um as soon as he came to Paris it was sort of like that was that he, he became like the villain as soon as as that happened and there seems to be a sort of um is, is this well we're just gonna have to see if it happens to Messi can they do that to somebody like him who is still I mean Neymar is like high up there but then there's still like some levels higher up and and there's Messi uh with his Ballon d'Ors and everything I would say that firstly uh the opposite of love is not hate but indifference and these people are not indifferent they are they are very busy on our case the whole time so so I think that what it is is that uh, you know um I was just talking with one of my friends here there was a very hateful uh also in the Finnish paper uh, that that was basically say like basically we're just like claiming that it's like the most hated football club in the world and I was just thinking to myself, that's a, so like that you know like maybe maybe the columnist is some kind of like a dad who supports Manchester United and the, his children are asking him PSG shirt and he's just <laughs> upset so he's he decides to write the column about it but um but I, I think it's I think it's I, yeah it goes very deep uh, and I think there's a few different reasons that that kind of like that that can that can be part of it. I think there's a very specific type of romanticism in football. It's a it's a working class sport. Uh, even the word soccer comes from phrase association football. And I don't know if you know this, but another interesting detail uh, that happened for you know that one week or so when we were allowed to talk about the Super League, everyone was talking about it, and people all of a sudden started to use the term popular football, you know, football for the people. I mean, this is not a term that you hear much outside of that time when people were talking about the Super League. So there's something quite noble assumed when we talk about football, but at the same time, we also know it's full of corruption. Uh, it, there's dirty deal sponsors, FIFA officials, hyper consumers, there's all sorts of things. You know, we know, we know what we feel about it is very far from what we know about it. There's this kind of cognitive dissonance about it always. So the romanticism is becomes like this overriding factor and, and, um, and we all approach football uh, with a bias, you know, like it's it's quite obvious. I mean, you, you're, you're the founder of, of, of uh, PSG Talk. I coordinate PSG fan club here in Helsinki. It would be very silly for us to, you know, try to claim that we're not biased. Of course, of course, we are biased. We, we, we want to we want good things for PSG. We want to see them win. We want to see them do very well and prosper. And that's great. I mean, same applies for all other clubs as well. It's part of our identity and and, you know, some people like to debate with other fans and other supporters. Uh, I don't really care to do that much because I'm quite happy with the bubble. I, to me, the bubble in football is, is actually quite a nice thing. So I don't need any extra arguments in my life. But 
but but then when you kind of like so there's there's that kind of thing that we we are we are fans we're supporters we are it's very emotional approach that we have oftentimes to these things we don't necessarily approach it always with the logical kind of kind of thinking and 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 the same course i think with the journalists i mean they are football fanatics and they started they they have their bias because they probably have their favorite club uh and and it's very difficult for them to write without any kind of uh preconceived ideas about things it's just something that happens it's very difficult to be neutral uh, reporting these events and 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 i don't even know if it's financially viable thing to be neutral i think people like this kind of columnist culture where you're sort of stirring emotions and 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 some people are enraged and other people are very happy and 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 then there's a lot of shares and likes and clicks and and that's the kind of like the media ecosystem that 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 where we live in so so there so, so there's always that and then then the media also likes to talk a lot about like um uh, uh they, they like to talk about like the press freedom and it's very important things it is very important thing but i think that the threat threat uh, that they exist in this system is, is not so much um the freedom of press it's the ownership of the press i think that we need to examine more the the, the owners of the press because th- that's the thing about it is that they like to talk about PSG's owners, and I think there's a legitimate grievances there. I'm, I'm sure. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm not uncritical about about Qatar, and I think that is definitely something that 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 um, that you know. But Qatar, your side, they didn't invent PSG. I mean, we can't. It is what it is, um, and, and we can be very critical of them, um, and 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 also we can be very critical of the like the, the what they say World Cup. To Qatar, uh, well, I mean, I think that I would be very critical also about how I, I think that it's probably been bribed for quite a few many times already. I mean, Brazil, South Africa. I used to live in South Africa when they were building all the mm. state. I, I used to live in South Africa, so I kind of like uh, before before the 2010. So I I'm, I'm familiar with the process of of what FIFA does to a country when they start uh, when when they are in the process of of this thing. Anyway, uh, I'm now, but also, also <laughs> then you have like the media that is the, the media narrative is. I think one of the problems media narrative also is that that, that the football media there's there's the, these former players. The, the, these, these are like the alpha individuals. Like these are the these are the Premier League, you know, people who are who are just saying things loud and 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 you know aggressive tone, and and then it becomes the truth. And and the rest of the football media just sort of like report that oh now Rio said this, and oh now you know Jamie Carragher this that that. So it kind of like becomes this thing and and that 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 becomes like this one truth and 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 they and the bubbles and and you got the british bubble then there's the spanish undoubtedly there's the spanish bubble i don't speak spanish so i don't really like no i just know that lucky I, you. I, I don't trust anything <laughs> i don't trust anything that comes from a spanish source that's 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 that but but yeah i i think that i think that we can we, they they like to talk about always with the about the um about the ownership of these clubs i think it would be absolutely as crucial to talk about the ownership of these media houses uh, media likes to position itself as a as a kind of like a, some kind of a, they're, they're like sitting on some kind of a tennis umpire chair looking down and reporting but they but they, but they but they also like molding the the society they are a very big part of the society they tell us what's happening whether it's sports or, or otherwise so i think it's i think it's sort of um something that uh, that it it needs it needs to be analyzed more and 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 the practices economics ownership all these different things for instance you mentioned uh miguel delaney who who writes mainly for the uh the independent 
uh, in Britain, the newspaper called The Independent, uh, which is uh, owned owned by a Russian oligarch who is a former Soviet uh, KGB agent. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how much people know about oligarchs, but but to make a complicated thing, (laughs) to simplify a complicated thing, when the Soviet Union fell, the people who were well positioned and had access, who were in high places, they basically like acquired all the state assets to themselves, like, you know, oil and gas and all these different things and became like incredibly wealthy, like billionaires. And owners of clubs named Chelsea FC. Exactly, exactly. So now, now you kind of get here, and then you've got like you know all, uh, another another you know you got Gazprom drilling uh, you know oil in the Arctic, but nobody has a problem with them advertising everywhere in football and and that. And Abrahamovich uh, has he he had he's given hundred million dollars to uh, various or to, to uh, like um, uh, to the settler groups in 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 Israel. Hundred million dollars, and 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 this this activities UN Security Council, you know, they, it states that this are uh, flagrant violation of international law. So um, so these are like quite serious things, and 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 they were also part of, of course, with the Super League thing. But nobody was having an asterisk in in their in their uh, winning the Champions very, League because because it doesn't point. matter. Mm. And 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 I think that in that one, uh, sorry, I'm now rambling a little bit, but that one uh, one uh, radio thing which I did listen to, I think that was talking about how boring this is. I was yeah, saying that yeah. PSG is not a is not a real football club. Manchester United is a real football club. Liverpool is a, and a, a real football club, and Manchester City is becoming a real football club. And I'm wondering <laughs> why, like like why. Because I I understand that you're just sort of saying that oh you know this is um this is boring because it's boring to me so I decided it's boring for everybody but what's it like like come on like what's the difference like like what like why they haven't won the um they haven't won the uh, the, the the Champions League yet uh, uh, also I mean it's maybe it's because they rate the winning the Premier League so much higher maybe that's the mm-hmm. thing I don't know but it, to me it's just inexplicable. Yeah, it should raise a red flag um, for for anyone. When you start reading the coverage and the narrative is the same, no matter what country or what writer, if everyone is writing the same thing, that's a problem. We should have a diversity of thought. Like, can not one person see that maybe PSG are, like, look into the numbers and see that, okay, maybe they got an influx of cash in the beginning, but it's a self-sustaining club now and then if you want to bash psg because of qatar okay but then you also have to do that for bayern munich who also take money from qatar and sponsorships and you have to criticize manchester city who do the same thing just a different country and you have to criticize chelsea and i think at the end of the day it's like no one has gotten their immense wealth and at least enough wealth to own a football team honestly most people get their money by exploiting something one way or another and so if you want to just like pick on psg that's your prerogative but when you don't pick on other teams who have owners who've done similar if not worse things then you open yourself up to criticism from myself and uh and miko because we see this we notice this we know that qatar gives money to Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich is more than happy to take that money. And so, and we know about Abramovich and all the things that he does. And we know about all the other owners who do things that, you know, should be criticized. And for PSG to just be constantly labeled with this sports washing project and not a real club and it's boring, it's a problem. And then when you talk about all the examples that I gave are, are people who mostly cover the Premier League. 
and they are never going to accept Ligue 1. And the fact that Messi, a player that they've praised for years over the last decade, has now gone to that league, they're in a difficult position because they they are on record as saying how great he is, and now he's gone to this league, and now they've got to reverse. It's like that that ship that got stuck in the canal. You know, like that's where they are right now, and they're yeah. trying to like figure out how to turn that around and keep that same narrative going. But they're kind of stuck because they've praised Messi so much, and now they have to say that you know, oh, he's you know, he's boring now. And so I, they're in a but, tough spot, and mm. we all see it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I think you have to kind of, like, I was thinking about it, this is a very interesting situation we are in because both Messi and Ramos, they are uh, they are in a situation that what they want to do is to win the Champions League. Like, make no mistake, they are not in Paris for any other reason except to win the Champions League. They could get the money, like, like this is, I think this is a myth that other clubs could not have afforded. Messi's deal, it's an, also it's an investment and all that stuff and, and that... Paris has, at the moment, it has got a sporting project that is very uh, tempting for these top players. These people have maybe one more chance. In two years' time, if they move on to another club, they're not going to be those players that 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 necessarily... I mean, I don't want to say that they're not going to be players who are going to be in the starting eleven or whatever. I don't know that. I can't say that. But they are clearly putting their... They are thinking that their best chance to win that, you know, one more... Uh, Champions League is in Paris, so I think that's something. It's a it's a sporting project. A lot of the time, people oh, it's just money, it's just money. You know what? You know there was a time a couple of years ago during the golden years of the Chinese Super League when Pochlavecchi went there to become like the, the highest earning football player. So like it was like very high up. I don't what I don't know if it was the top, but he was he was there. He was there in the mix. That's that's where people went to 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 make money that's where that's where people went who just wanted to make money uh, and and there was a lot of and all of these players could have gone there to earn Messi could have earned like i mean i don't even know like he could have earned complete entirely ungodly amount of money there yeah. if he would have gone there if he was about after money if neymar was after money that's where they could have gone and another thing is that when people say oh you can't buy you know the champions league no of course you can't we all know that because Manchester City hasn't won it and PSG okay. hasn't won it. Of course, we know it's a very difficult thing. That's why I also, by the way, I reject the whole idea that we're definitely going to win or th- that it's a failure if we're not going to win because mm-hmm. it's it's like we don't know about the injuries. We don't know. There's details. There's a lot of different things that can happen. And, 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 and I think that it's sort of like preemptive belittling of the potential achievement. So it's easier to say already now that, that if they, it, yeah, if they don't win it, you know, they're rubbish. <laughs> and if they win it, it, it doesn't matter because it doesn't count. There's an asterisk. This asterisk to me is a very interesting thing. I used it word because when there was the COVID season, well, last year, when we were in a final against Bayern München, and they were saying, oh, PSG is going to win. Oh, but this is this doesn't count. This season doesn't count. This is this is not like, this is not like a real Champions League. You shouldn't count this, uh, you know. Then Bayern, Bayern München wins it. And it counts. Oh my goodness! It counts just like any other, uh, you know, any other Champions League here. It doesn't make any difference. They accept it because it was won by this kind of traditional team, so it was it was fine. It was accepted. If we would have won that twenty third of August last year, less than a year ago, if in 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 Portugal that night we would have won, and I will watch that match since uh, revisit that match. 
there were so many opportunities to win that match. There were so, it, I, like, I, because I, I was so nervous. So I thought when, at the time, I thought that that we were kind of like quite lucky for a long time and, and all that. Now I realized that no, uh, the the German side was lucky. We 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 were like having quite a good opportunities and 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 missed missed all of those. But yeah, I, I I've digressed again. But but either way, I think that it's 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 just something that when they won, it was fully fledged, top notch, hundred percent Champions League trophy. Mm-hmm. If we would have won, it would not have been counted. No, absolutely not. And it does make you just going back to the media coverage. It makes you wonder because you alluded to it earlier. And I think we all know this is coming that top players are going to start running down their contract. And that's a big change from the way it used to be. And you have some clubs that used to be really good. They're global brands. I'm just going to, you know, Arsenal to throw out. I don't know if we will ever see them back in a Champions League final like they were. I don't know how many years ago now it's been. Um, You have clubs that are starting to fall back and you have other teams that are starting to come up in the rise psg and Man- manchester city are two of them but who's to say someone with a lot of money doesn't buy a french team i don't know lorient or something and turns them into a superpower mm-hmm. you know um so football is changing and i just feel like a lot of these writers are just holding on to their premier league and the way things have always been done and they're just really reluctant to see any change and psg represents perhaps the most massive change ever, this team in France getting all of these players and they just despise it and they can't handle it. But I have news for them. PSG are not going to be the last ones and that's not going to be the only major change. There's going to be a lot more changes to the game. Super League, for example, that may, there's some teams still in it that may actually pick up steam at some point. And so I just think a lot of these writers are unfairly critical of PSG when the game as a whole is changing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of these traditional clubs, uh, I mean, Barcelona being the striking example, that's a good one too. Yeah, mismanaged their whole, their whole. I mean, like PSG, PSG has got nothing to do with the financial difficulties of Barcelona. If anything, we're trying to give them to. Well, PSG gave them two hundred and twenty-two million euros, you know, just a couple of years ago, and they squandered it. In like, I mean, this is not this is not our fault. This is not Nasser's fault. That you can't you can't say that. And also, we've been here before. This all—it's all cyclical. There's going to be time when PSG is not going to be winning the 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 French Championship, and we're still going to support them. But there's going to be some something else happening. You know, uh, ten years ago, uh, maybe it was Lyon. There was Marseille. There's been different uh, er, uh, like um, there's been different periods of dominance by different clubs. It's the same thing. Um, I mean, if like like I think it might it might be also same same thing elsewhere. Like um, Italy is a good example. I think also they've they've had Juventus has been sort of like winning, you know, setting aside the last one, but they've been they've been really winning. They've been completely entirely dominant club right. there. But now like the both Milan's, you know, they have the history. There's there's different. This you know, of course Juventus is there in the mix always and has been, but uh, but but there's a different times uh, and maybe it's a specific player maybe it's about specific groups of players maybe it's a specific coach maybe it's something whatever it is but they this these clubs they come and go sometimes so i think that everything is gonna like like i think i know barcelona is gonna come back i mean they and 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 they might already be like it seems that like i think memphis is basically a very clever signing you know for them now that they have managed to actually register him uh and and and, and so on so it, we'll, we'll see but i think that all these clubs are gonna come back and i would say that thing about real madrid 
we were talking about Mbappe situation, I would say that that um, that as long as Mbappe realizes that he is the rebuild, like he is like the rebuilding of that that team, they, they need to rebuild, and 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 he is it. Um, so um, so if he's gonna go there, I think if he's gonna go there, especially now, and they're gonna pay some money, I think they're gonna struggle to um, to, to 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 sign a lot of other people, maybe the first season would have to be well of course i'm not saying they're great players they're still great players they're not that old but i mean you know they're not a, they're not necessarily on the same peak as they were and 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 they're not they're not as as, as dangerous i think them losing varane i think rafael varane is like it was it was a great uh signing for 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 manchester united yeah. i'm not a manchester united fan far from it but i i think that was an excellent excellent signing for them um he's a world cup winner champions league winner and yet, the English people are still wondering if he's gonna be able to make it into Premier League. But that's yeah. just a mindset. It's a mindset because <clears throat> you know, it's a em- empire state of mind. It, you know, if you are if you've yeah. grown up in a former empire, then you might think that way. Yeah, and also as we talk about these super leagues and super teams, um, as the resident American here, I have to say it's a very it's a very American thing. I mean, in baseball you have the Yankees who spend more money than anyone else. In basketball you have LeBron James and the Lakers, and they are assembling a super team with Russell Westbrook. And um, football, like uh, American football, is a little bit more difficult to do that. But in general, it, like assembling a team of the biggest stars all on one team is a very American thing. And, and we kind of enjoy it because if you're a fan of that team of the Yankees, you, you're obviously excited because you have all these stars. But then if you're not a fan, you look forward to your team taking them on and bringing down the giant. And so I think what PSG has done, while a lot of it is like, oh, this is terrible for football. But on the other way, I think like it gives the world like the world of football another storyline it gives those who hate psg a target take them down and for us fans i've never been more excited um so i think in a way you can say that psg have really energized this season especially when the champions league kicks off i mean all of their games are going to be must watch tv even when messi comes in for french league games people are going to want to see how he gets on with neymar and um and Mbappe and, and, and how Pochettino puts it all together. So it's it's a big talking point. And I understand all the negatives that the writers go on about, but for the love of God, can people just talk about how this is like really exciting and we all want to see how this plays out? Is that too much? To they're ask? like separate matters. Yeah, no, it's like they're like two separate matters. And 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 like I said, I'm I'm all for it. Let's let's put everything on the table. Let's put all the crim all every crim detail of every club on the table and, and let's examine them. We can also put all the crim details of the ownership of that press the same way as there's no poor people, you know, owning football clubs. There's no poor people owning newspapers either, you no. know, or radio stations or whatever. I mean, this is this is this is like a remarkable, like remarkably sort of like a one one sided affair in that way. Um, every, there's there's different agendas. So I'm fine. Let's look let let's look at our owners and let's look at Qatar's you know, human rights situation. Let's look at that. Let's look at, let's do that for every owner. Let's look at those American investors who are owning these Premier League clubs. Let's look at their investment portfolios. Let's look at, let's let's have a holistic look at how incredibly, I won't swear, messed up this <laughs> whole thing is, you know. I mean, and we love it because we we love, we love it with our heart, but also with our mind, we know that it's, this is, this, this you know, this is, <laughs> it is what it is it's a big, it's a big business yeah. right so um 
but but let's look at it like let's not be selective about it it's it's all it's all well and good to look at the qatar situation if you look at every other situation as well then then we can say that okay that's fair you know and and then everybody can make their choice but but and 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 maybe that maybe that would bring some kind of change i don't know but i also and, think that yeah. uh, there's an an element of sort of anti arab racism islamophobia even about this this qatar situation because they really don't care about any other owners um somehow this oil, like this, this this oil money but what what is mm-hmm. the oil okay oil is also because it's, it's also like during this climate change so it makes even if it's natural gas in qatar yeah. but you know <laughs> never mind <laughs> but, yeah, but, details. but it's it sounds yeah it sounds like it sounds like uh it sounds it's, it sounds like a terrible thing <clears throat> sure and uh, you know we know we know that this it's not ideal but um but i think it's also like it's it seems it's it's like a bad faith argument that i i don't i don't want to i don't want to uh, even if they even if even if some of those things would be uh, right and it would be right to uh, to point them out i don't want to accept this is because it's a bad faith argument and it's not it's not there they don't care about the oil they don't care about those workers in qatar i don't think maybe they do but then they also need to look at everybody else's situation and let's open all the files up and let's see where we are let's have a reality check that i'm fine with that i'm okay with that and i know that there's going to be a lot of disappointment there for me uh, you know and 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 for us i'm sure i'm sure that you know there's stuff that we we would rather not know and look the other way but we just need to do that to everybody equally and then then we can be you know have it out of the way i think it, a couple of years ago uh, john oliver for the um whatever his talk show's name is is in in, in on HBO in America last yeah, week yeah. tonight i think he did this cr- amazing i think it's been probably what like million times i don't know billion times in on, on youtube but he made this great segment about the fifa corruption and the world cup and it was the, he, the the way he was able because he's a football fan he was able to kind of bring up this uh sort of dichotomy of like you know like 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 this is so messed up like this is so it's it's crazy how this is so corrupt it's so crazy and i love it so much it's like there's this there's this weird kind of dualism that we live with and as as football fans and to be honest with you i mean um uh, for better or worse this is this is the world we live in i mean <laughs> you can't you can like the clothes where the, the the food we buy everything this is this is where we are now so uh so so the, so what should we do not watch football yeah, that's not going to happen. And and if you want to even drill down more, we talk about Qatar and the owners. Every player, it seems like, has that Nike swoosh. You think Nike is innocent? You don't. Where do you think those shoes are being made? Yeah, you know. Yeah, if you yeah, want to drill yeah. down on it that much, so at that point, yeah, let's just all walk away. But for me, politics is in so many things in our daily lives. I just want to watch a football match. I just want to watch Messi, yeah. Neymar, and Mbappe. Like, let me let me just have that, and I can deal with other things at a separate time. Let me just have that without yeah. all that creeping in. I think I think I think that's I think I think that's what's fair is fair. I think in, in a way it's like, um, like like yeah, I agree. No, I agree with hundred percent with you because these are these are like separate matters, and 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 that's why I kind of reject those. Uh, articles and those news narratives and those agendas against PSG or against Neymar or against whoever else, uh, because uh, because I don't I I I think that they are like yeah it's 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 um 
it's not really an investigation into anything. And and by the way, I think these journalists are doing a huge disservice because even if they are so concerned about uh, the situation in, say, Qatar, uh, they're doing terrible job at uncover like like uncovering it. They like they're not doing anything. They're just pointing finger. They're not like writing you know right. great investigative pieces about this. Uh, you know the same thing. What they're now crying and this one guy who was the New York Times uh, journalist, according to his Twitter bio, at least. Yeah. Rory uh, Smith was, was it? In, like, uh, no, I was the guy who was saying that Messi should have been playing for free for Barcelona, oh, yeah. even if they could not have even afforded him if he played for free. But it's like, like I, I, I'm like, what, like, are you, are you an actual journalist? Like, are you a journalist? Like, come on, man! Like, you have to do better. Than it's this, not even surely. legal to do but, um, in Spain. It, like, he couldn't yeah, play for free. Yeah. He couldn't play for free, and 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 he couldn't he couldn't take the pay the pay cut more than fifty percent, which he was willing to do, and 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 also you know there was some some of those things that because he was basically like a new player because uh, his contract had run out, so if he would have made a new contract, he would have been treated as a new player, so they would have still had the difficulty uh, registering him um, among those other players that they now have been able to register because Piquet has taken apparently this is what I hear taken them major pay cut and, and and all that stuff well i suppose not more than 50% if that's if that's the law law in spain but uh but but you know like like to to go there and embarrass yourself like publicly saying that oh then, why, why don't you write you know to new york times for free like i mean i think that is like just because these people are very uh rich like messi is of course very rich person um, it's easy to kind of attack him, but at the same time, I think that I think that it's it's that's another bad faith argument. And also, it's because these people are working class people who become rich people. It's very easy to 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 criticize them. If you look at like what happens in England in the Euros, a couple of players miss the penalties in the final. They they get the 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 the, the racism and hatred of of large part of the society. Yet at the same time, they have like absolutely appalling uh, political leadership. I mean, we all might have different opinions about politics, but I mean, these people are just fools. Like these are insufferable fools. And 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 people aren't kind of like that's more like a joke. But the football is not a joke. Because we project, again, it's emotional thing, so we project everything. So if, if you're having a bad time at work, if you're having trouble at home or trouble at work or whatever, and then you go, you watch the match, and then uh, Mbappe misses an open call, you're going to blame all of your prop, all of your anxiety, everything is like, yes. if only he would have scored there. <laughs> if only he would have scored, then everything would be great. But now my life is suffering. Yeah, no, that it, true it, words it, have it, never it, been yeah. spoken. And uh, yeah, a lot of I saw those journalists were like, oh, make less money, you know, play at a smaller club, go back to Argentina for the romanticism of it. And I'm just like, how many of you journalists want to leave the New York Times, the independent talk sport? Mm. How many of you want to do that yeah. and just maybe start a blog? Like, like, I yeah. do. Com you know, why don't you take, you know, just, yeah, just, just for the, yeah, oh, just for true. the romanticism of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there was, um, uh, when, when I lived in South Africa, well, there still is. When I lived in, lived in South Africa, there was this one politician um, who was dividing opinions, but he was kind of like for the the poor, poor people's uh, on a poor people's course, course. But he always liked to wear like very expensive clothes, like this brand, like these brands, a bit like these football players. Yeah. And 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 somebody was asking like, why are you talking about like this economical like um, 
equality, but then you're wearing like some Gucci, whatever. And and then <laughs> he always said, who must who must wear them? If I if if I if I can't wear, it, who must wear them? Who are they made for? Like who must wear these clothes? And I'm kind of like saying that this, this thing also is that like who must have Messi? Who must have Neymar? Who who should be having them? Like what? Like like they must be somewhere. Why can't they be? There? Why can't they be in Paris? There's a reason why they chose Paris. Nobody had a gun on their head, and 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 that and and like we saw that Messi didn't even get a, according to reports, he didn't even get a signing fee, which to me is like just remarkable. Like I mean, like like like, I don't know. I don't even know exactly why he would do that. In the stories that I've read, it was his dad, Messi's dad, had after the mm. news came down that Barcelona couldn't afford him, he kind of called up Nasser or Nasser's assistant mm. or whatever, and said, "What can you do for us?" It's like yeah. Messi wanted to be here, and you're right. What is PSG supposed to do? No, we can't. We can't take you because we already have two superstars. It just wouldn't yeah. be fair. Why don't you visit our yeah. friends over in Manchester yeah. City? Like, how stupid does that exactly. sound? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a poor, you know, Tottenham. You, maybe you just go to Tottenham. They don't really have like such a good situation. <laughs> no, it's like this is this is, but but it's. Yeah, it's not very clever, but this is where we are anyway. And I'm sure that, like, like I was saying earlier, maybe that was my disclaimer. Like, of course, we have a bias. Like you and I, we have a bias. We have talking about this. We're PSG fans. We want them. We want to see good things to happen. To them. We want to see the trophies. We want to see Absolutely. victories. We want to see all, all the good things. I'm not. I'm not. A, I, I'm not like trying to say that I'm here neutrally. Uh, you know, observing the situation. But at the same time, I, I have my. You know, I have a past. I, I used to teach media studies in the university, and and I used to make a, you know, radio programs about how media works and all that stuff. This is something that interests me very much. So, so while I'm very much like um, a pro PSG, I also like when I'm talking about media. Also, I I, I try to um, engage with it in more critical way. And by critical, I don't mean like negative, but I mean just like you know, just look at it closer. Questions that. Yeah, 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 and I and I think um, as we get ready to wrap up here, I think a, a large part of this could be the media's reliance on advertising and clicks, and the more controversial and the more that they agree with their readership that get them to click and subscribe and all of that. You know, the business model of media now, I think, formulates a lot of the opinion and articles that you see in the media, and I don't think that could be ignored. Hundred percent. No, and that's always like that's always the way the money comes from is always what de de determines uh, large parts of the media content and and everything. PSG is uh, in in a particularly unusual situation in that sense because the English media is on the side of the English football, uh, Spanish media is on the side of uh, of uh, Spanish football, Italian media is on the side of Italian football, and German is on the side of the uh, of the German football. In France, however. Like you know, the the L'Equipe is writing like whatever they feel, like things like that. So, so, so the the, the French football doesn't. They don't really. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a cultural thing or whatever. But 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 be well, and maybe it's not even about French football. Maybe it's just PSG. Maybe they also are not very happy with it. I mean, the the, the clash between PSG and L'Equipe, which is kind <laughs> of like it's my yeah. understanding, the most important sports paper in in France. You know, the, the daily paper. Then that's well documented i mean they were not welcome to the training center and and all that stuff so there's no love lost there so the but the, the problem is that that there's there there's very little media that is actually siding with psg not that anybody should side them but being just you know neutral about it 
there was that uh, the press conference with Messi. I believe Nasser was asked by was it a BBC reporter or something about how did you make this work with financial fair play or aren't you concerned and blah blah blah. And Nasser just kind of shut it down. He's like, we wouldn't do this if it wasn't within the regulations and all that. Like Nasser had a good response to it. And but you're right. I mean, it's just another example of you know looking at the finances and criticizing PSG. But at the end of the day, it was Messi who called up and said, hey, I want to play with my friends at PSG and. Yeah, and, and and if you look at if if you look at like like who must he play with then like if 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 there's a one place where there's Di Maria and Paredes and Neymar and then there's Mbappe who is probably like quite an in, in fascinating thing there's there's Navas Ramos is coming there's like st- like you know and then these new guys are coming all that stuff of course it's a very tempting sport project there's a lot of people if they were in the same situation who could consider who could consider that and then also I don't know if these players like of this caliber if they like Neymar said in some interview that no he wouldn't want to play in Premier League I don't think that the like it's just just because it's said co- repeatedly continuously and I- with the increasing sort of volume you know just louder and louder every time I don't think that everybody thinks that Premier League is like the, like like some kind of a paradise some kind of like a like superior superior league of course you, you know you'd be you'd be it would be You'd be wrong to say that it's not a, a good football league, and and I'm sure there's a great entertainment value there and all that stuff. But uh, but I I don't I I I mean to me I used to live in England for four years. I used to live um, right next. I I sort of like went past Villa Park in in Birmingham, Aston Villa's mm-hmm. home stadium, mm-hmm. every day to my university it was right next to it, um, and the football culture there was not what i needed in my life like it was it was so i found it so off-putting i find it very difficult to handle um the match days the, the whole thing and i was there during the i am I'm, uh, you know like i was there during the 2004 euros mm-hmm. and it was not a party that i was invited to it was not it was it was toxic it was our, awful our, <laughs> like our good friend to, uh, so jonathan so johnson actually, yes. yeah. no i was gonna yeah, say yeah, our no, good I, friend I, jonathan had, johnson he's a fan <laughs> He's a fan, yes. I've had, uh, I, I've talked about, uh, you know, I, I've, to- I've mentioned this on Twitter to him uh, some time ago, whatever. But I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going those much. Look, I don't have anything like I'm not saying anything against anybody or anything like that. But it just didn't gel with me. It was like, and maybe also it was who I was at the time. But it was, it, it was, it was a, a bit much. So when this thing was happening, this Euros, the whole thing with the Euros and England and all that stuff, it didn't surprise me like at all, like not, not at all. Like it was as clear as day. And and that was maybe the sad thing is that I was watching um I was watching the match with my with my son who's a teenager and and uh, and 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 we both knew that if these guys are gonna miss the penalties, we knew that there's gonna be racing. Everyone knew that. That was no like it was yeah. it was it was at the clear like it was the least surprising thing. And when that happened, and I had been supporting Italy uh especially ever since you know well Finland cut out in the early parts and then France cut out and all that so I was sort of Italy I think they were playing very nice football and I was enjoying them and Marco Verratti I, 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 he's you know, just amazing and then there was of course yes the, the rumors were very strong about Donnarumma and things like that and then there was Florenzi and all that even if they didn't take Keane who I think they could have used but nevertheless they, they didn't need him so I was support. I was I was basically protest speaking on and on the Italy side. So I was very happy about it. But as soon as it ended, I I could I didn't even feel 
have, I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel, I knew, I knew that this is going to be like the, this is just going to be a, 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 a catast- catastrophic turn of events. And, and there's nothing to celebrate here because we know that these young men are going to have to deal with the, with the, 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 the racism that is sort of quite deeply embedded in probably all societies, but particularly in the empire that is the Britain. Yeah, it's the ugly side of football. And luckily, you have uh, Saka over at, at Arsenal, and he's getting support. I think he, when he came out against uh, Brentford, the, the, the away fans were actually clapping for him. So they're trying to, you know, messages of support and all that for those players. But you're right, it is deeply embedded in English football culture. And it's, um, it's going to take a while to get it out. And it's unfortunate. But listen, yeah, um, yeah. we are coming up on the end of the show. Miko, you've been a fantastic guest. Um, I just want to remind listeners, PSG are back in action on August 20th against uh, uh, Stade Brassois uh, away. And so that'll be another chance for three points in the French League. Uh, Miko, for those who want to who enjoy this conversation and want to interact with you on Twitter, remind everyone how they can uh, do that. Yes, yes, I can do that. Just a quick, uh, oh, sure. uh, another sidebar. Um, in, uh, this is very exciting for, for us here in, in Finland because um, in, 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 in Brest, there's actually, a, they, they signed a new Finnish, Finnish player last summer and I think he's been playing very well. He's been playing very well there. So, um, so one of our national team defenders um, I think he plays there more on the on the on the on the left as a left back. But uh, but uh, uh, when I was uh, I was interviewed uh, by a Finnish public broadcaster about this Messi situation the other day, so I was just saying that this is this could be a situation where he gets to defend against Messi. Although I don't think it was <laughs> likely that Messi would be playing already in that game. But but anyway, it's something 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 for us also here to 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 look forward to. We haven't had many many great um stars since since 90s but but nevertheless yes uh you, you can find me on twitter uh only really uh you can find me on twitter uh at uh, psg helsinki and that's basically i'm tweeting um on behalf of our uh our fan club uh should somebody be listening to this from helsinki or anywhere in finland you know feel free to contact us and we have a good good group of people um and 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 you're more than welcome to our uh, events and our oh if somebody's visiting well corona times people aren't visiting much but you know you never know so um so so you can make contact and 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 we are more than welcoming that's fantastic yeah psg has fan clubs all over the world so if you're just getting into psg because of messi or whatever the reason might be uh see if there's a fan club near you they're all over the world mm-hmm. definitely recommend that um thank you so Let much everyone yeah, exactly. In the whole world, most. we are the northernmost. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a, that's a claim for fame, if anything. There you go. Well, I'm going to put that on my bucket list. I got to come visit you guys over in Finland. Uh, I'm not. I'm never going to forget that. Now, um, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone out there, for listening to the show. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at PSG Talk. Um, definitely come and, and join the Discord channel. We've got people from all over the world in there chatting about all different types of topics and about PSG. We're also on PSG's uh, Twitch channel, the official PSG Twitch channel. I think we had something like 50,000 views uh, last week, and so I kind of crapped my pants a little bit. But let's see if we can beat that number this week. I think we're going to do another show, so uh, make sure you subscribe to their channel as well. And visit PSGTalk.com. Lots of articles. Our, our writers are churning them out, uh, trying to less reliant on those Spanish uh, reports. So (laughs) Miko, I think you can appreciate that. And uh, other than that, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye everyone. Bye.